<laughs> at times uh, when you start worshiping, uh, that burden is lifted. All right. Hey, so we're going to do communion today. <laughs> Right, we're going to do communion today. Um, this is the first Sunday of the month. So, uh, and then Pastor Jason is going to preach for us. How many of you enjoy when Pastor Jason preaches? Yeah, I love it. So, be good. It's good to have him here today. It'll be good to listen to him. That's why I'm kind of dressed in jeans today. I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm just going to wear jeans and a flannel. So, whatever. Um, so, thinking about communion, I was thinking of a couple verses, uh, Leviticus chapter 16, if we could turn there, we're going to turn to three different passages before we partake of communion, and Leviticus 17, sorry, Leviticus 17, verse 11, it's an amazing verse that God gave to Moses, and Moses taught the Israelites Okay, Leviticus 17, uh, verse 11. Uh, God gave this to, to Moses for the Israelites, and there are very strict rules about what they would eat. Uh, you know, nowadays we don't really care generally so much. We just eat anything. I lived in China for eight years, and they ate everything. Um, and some of the things here that they were told not to eat, they still ate them. But it's amazing. In verse 11, it says, For the life of the flesh is in what? It's in the blood, right? Amazing. There's this whole thing beforehand, but I really love verse 11. And I have given it to you upon the altar. And I love this part of the verse. To make atonement for your souls. For it is in the blood that makes atonement for your soul. He says it twice, actually, doesn't he? Like, how, how can there be forgiveness in our life? How can there be atonement uh, for our soul. And remember, in, in biblical psychology, our soul is that part of us that relates to God. So without our soul, we have no ability to actually respond to God's initiations. We have no ability to commune with God. We have no ability to be friends with God. We have no ability to have joy. We have no, you know, like we, without our soul, our, we are very limited in our relationship towards God. In Genesis chapter 3, when Adam and Eve first sinned, right, there was death. Death physically, but also spiritually. In their soul, they could not relate to God. They could not speak to God. And, 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 and God is saying here that there is remission of sins. Actually, let's turn to another verse, Matthew. I don't think I put a bookmarker there, so let's see if I can remember. Matthew, I think it's 28, 26, or maybe 26, 28. Yeah, 26, 28. Jesus is telling his disciples as they are having the Last Supper, what does he say? He says, but, but I, I say to you, I will not drink of this, oh, sorry, uh, for this is my blood of the new covenant which is shed by many for 
the remission of sins. Two amazing verses. I want to go to one more verse. Sorry for jumping around here, but, you know, this is church, so in church we should read our Bible. So hopefully this isn't the only time you read your Bible. But if it is, we're going to make sure we read a lot of it today. (laughs) Genesis 14. uh, John 14, sorry. Um, Verse 6. And this is like Jesus is saying, I am, a lot. Verse 5, he says, Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Think of that word, life. So where does life reside? It resides in the blood. So if we, were to have, if we are to have the life of Christ in our daily life, if we are to have the Zoe life in our bios life, how does that happen? Meaning, if we are to have spiritual life today, how are we to have spiritual life? We can only have the spiritual life of Christ in our physical life because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And so many believers today, they are partaking, they have received Christ, they, are, they have had that, that they, you know, they are believers, they know who Christ is, they've received the remissions of sins, but yet they still have no life in their life. Why? Because they are missing something. They actually, you know, and this is what we do this once a month. You know, on, on one hand, we were at a church in Kentucky. They do it every week. Uh, sometimes people do it at their homes. But do you know, why do we do this? Because we are remembering. We are acknowledging what Christ did on the cross. And we are saying, Jesus, without your shed blood, there is no remission. Without your shed blood, there is no life in my life. You know what? I'm a pastor. I read my Bible. I study. I prepare for messages. Do you know what? Sometimes I feel like I have no life. It happens to all of us, right? And what do we need to do? We run to the source of life. We run to the John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I run to who Jesus is. He is so much. So today, we're going to take communion so we can open it up. Maybe. I hit my thumb several times with a hammer this week, so (laughs) it's not working so well. (laughs) So here's a cracker. This resembles the blood of Christ. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your body that was broken, not only before the cross, all that beating and on the cross, that suffering, but the 33 years you lived a humble life. You said that you didn't have a place to sleep, that you were a servant, Lord, and how you used your physical body, um, lack of sleep. I mean, these kind of things that you did for the sake of us. We thank you. So as we partake of this, we ask You'll bless it in Jesus' name. Amen. Take it. So, Heavenly Father, now the juice reminds us of the blood of Christ. And uh, we are all standing here sinners. We're not looking at different degrees of sinner, and you're a worse sinner than I am, or I'm a better sinner than you, or 
we don't stand here and make those comparisons because very simply we all stand here because of the grace of God. And if it wasn't for our Savior being on that cross on that day, none of us would be able to stand here. And today as we remember your shed blood, we are so thankful for the life that we do have. And just as we partake of communion and we, we fellowship with the body more and more and we're often together, we think about where we're going to be and that's because of your blood. We just thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Partake. So Heavenly Father, we again are just thankful. Some of us know where we'd be without Jesus. <laughs> Some of us don't know where we'd be without Jesus. But what we do know is that we are right here, right now, and we have you. We are thankful. Teach us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Uh, Ryan's coming around to collect uh, kids. If you want to go, right, Adam? That's happening. So go with Adam and Anastasia. Thank you, guys. And let's welcome Pastor Jason for delivering the word of God. Good afternoon, everybody. Wow, there's a beautiful spirit here today, isn't there? What do you think? Is there a beautiful spirit here today? Yeah. And I see some new faces here. You're new to me, so welcome. Right, are you new with us today? Welcome, welcome. Great, glad to have you. We're going to... Okay, Larry and Rosemary, wonderful. Very good. We'll surround you and love on you afterwards, but we're always happy to see new faces and old faces, too. I don't know if that's a good way of saying it. <laughs> Thank you for being faith faithful, like I was thinking of Nelson this week. It's just good to see Nelson, right? And we pray for you. I, I got to say, I'm really impressed with Pastor Dennis and, and just his shepherd's heart, and just know that if you're coming to this church, you are being prayed for. And you're being thought of, and obviously his wife Kaylee too, and and uh, just the team here is incredible, isn't it? Isn't it great? How many uh, how many are blessed to be here today? Yeah, beautiful. Well, I want to share a couple thoughts today. Um, I want to talk about wonder. We're in a, such a great uh, season uh, of wonder, aren't we? Christmas, Christmas, and um, sometimes just going out there and looking at the Christmas trees or the Christmas lights, uh, we can really kind of sense the spirit of Christmas. So I want to talk a little bit about wonder today, okay? Are you ready? How are you doing today? You all right? All right, let's just pray. Father, breathe on us today. Thank you for the words that have been said, and just meet the needs in this room. And thank you for that we can just come and hear your spirit. And we just thank you in Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's turn to Psalm 19, if you would, please. So wonder, actually Psalm 119, let me just, let's say 119 first. 
So when you think about wonder, um, it's more than just a season, right? It's really uh, something beautiful. Do you remember in your life when you saw something for the very first time and it kind of took your breath away? Maybe you saw the Grand Canyon or you uh, saw so, like you saw something and it just amazed you. Can you think of something in your life like that? Okay. Okay. <laughs> your wives, okay. Are you good husbands out there? That's, that's the right answer. And of course the wives reciprocate. My husband is amazing. <laughs> Usually, okay, I'm going to leave that one alone. <laughs> uh, but it is a beautiful thing for God to really blow or, or to break our structures, isn't it? And it's so important, actually, in our spiritual life to have wonder, to have a spirit of amazement, to be awestruck uh, in our Christian life when we open our Bible. Really, this is God's greatest love letter. And we can look at this as literature. We can look at this as information. We can just look at this as something historical. Or when it's the living word of God, it becomes alive. It becomes powerful. It becomes, uh, I love what was said earlier, not just something that revives us, but something that transforms us, something that reforms us. Or I like the word transform. So... In Psalm 119, uh, we see a great verse here, verse 18, and we even sang about it today. It said, open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from your law. I'm a stranger in the earth. Do not hide your commandments from me. Now, today, I don't know what kind of week you had. I don't know what kind of day you had, and I don't even know where you are in your hearts today. I want to believe the best uh, but we can have a, uh, a short-sightedness that can come into our life. And, and sometimes we can say, I don't see wonder. I don't see things new. I don't see things as they are. So I love the prayer here. Lord, open my eyes. I love that. Open my eyes. Open my heart. Open my mind. Open, my, open me up to wonder. To wonder. To wonder, and I love uh, kids. Don't you love kids? I mean, their their innocence and their just ability to uh, wear their emotions on their sleeves. You can know exactly where they are, good and bad, right? <laughs> I, I remember, um, yeah, I, I'm remembering my first Christmas with my son. It's just one of those beautiful things where everything is just incredibly new. And this is something where in our Christian life, in our Christian life, this is constantly something God is bringing us to, okay? Let's turn back to Psalm 19 for a minute. How, yeah, Psalm 19, that was 119, now we're going to go to 19. Yep, 19. So, so think about this, there's an unseen reality, isn't there? Like in this room today. We worshiped, we gave, we did communion, we had prayer. And we can look at things one-dimensionally and just, we can kind of see things as they are, or God can give wonder and we can see an unseen reality. We can see something beyond the obvious. We can see the extraordinary in the ordinary, okay? And I want you to remember that statement today, okay? We want you to, God wants us to see the extraordinary in the ordinary. Now, when you go through the book of Acts, you see 
ordinary people doing extraordinary things simply because they believed God. They believed God more than what they saw. They believed God more than what the obstacle was, was giving uh, or testifying. They believed in God. They, had, they saw the extraordinary, the thing that was not so obvious, right? Like you being here on a Sunday afternoon, you had to sacrifice something, right? Maybe you sacrificed the football game. Maybe you sacrificed a nap. Maybe you sacrificed doing things in the house. Maybe you sacrificed something. I would say whatever you sacrificed for the Lord is, is so, you, the reward is so much better every single time as we, uh, as we sacrifice for the Lord. It is extraordinary. It is outside the norm. It is something precious, okay? So in Psalm 19, I love Psalm 19 because it really answers the evolutionist. The evolutionist is looking at things as an accident or as a series of events uh, based in an abstract idea that um, something, uh, something, how does it go? Something, uh, yeah, the Great Big Bang Theory uh, also, that something complicated becomes more simple. Um, but I, I want to focus on this, or, or that man came from apes, or there's some, some sort of idea that some simple uh, amoeba turned into a complex. That's what it is, complexities. And the absurdity of that is, is pretty obvious. But look at, look at in the unseen reality here, this is what we see about wonder. You know, when you wake up in the morning and you look out and you see a beautiful sunrise, you look into a, a child's face or you look into just the majesty of flowers. Are any gardeners here? Any of you gardeners? No gardeners here? Really? Okay, thanks, Captain Ron's a gardener. Like the beauty of a flower, I mean, you put it under a microscope and you can see the complexity and the beauty of it and the wonder of it, right? All right, let's look at Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork, okay? So the shocker is, is that People can look at the things of God every day and they don't even know it is a work of God. They've lost their wonder or they do not know that it's wondrous. And I love what David is saying. The psalmist is saying, open my eyes again. Open my heart. Open my ears. Like today as you hear the word of God, God is going to open you up to his wondrous works and to his wondrous truth. Day unto day utters speech, and night unto night reveals knowledge. So what are we saying here? That creation is speaking about the glory of God. It is speaking about the wonder of God. You, your life, your physical life is a testimony of the wonder, the wondrousness of God. Isn't that amazing? Do people hear that language? They don't, unfortunately. If they're unbelievers, they don't hear the language the speaking, the declaration. But when we become believers, I'm going to show you here in 1 Corinthians, there's a veil that comes off our eyes and we begin to see God everywhere. We begin to see his handiwork everywhere. And when wonder is brought back into our life, we can hear the speaking. We can see the handprints of God. Let me, let me develop this thought. It says, night after night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor language 
where their voice is not heard. Isn't that interesting? The Spirit is constantly speaking to the, to the believer that is listening. So how does this happen? Well, let's turn over to 1 Corinthians together. So how, how does this happen? How is it that God can open our eyes to see his mystery? Um, Ravi Zacharias says it like this, wonder is a way to interpret life through the eyes of eternity. I want you to think about how to think about wonder, because it's more than just an emotion. It's more than just some glimpse of something that catches us for a minute, but wonder is a state. It's a place where we can hear and see things that are not so obvious, right? So it says here, wonder interprets life through the eyes of eternity while enjoying the moment. Isn't that good? So here we are in the moment, but we're enjoying something about eternity. Let's say we're with a brother. Let's say we're with uh, a family member. Let's say we're, we're, we're at work maybe, and there's a moment where God shows us something in that believer's life. Maybe we hear their story and their story touches our life and we wonder or we're amazed at the faithfulness of God in that person's life. Maybe we're thinking about how that person's endured and chosen Christ and stayed faithful against many odds. What is it? It is a moment, but we never let go of the momentary vision that would exhaust the eternal. That's kind of a meaty statement. So let's think about it again. It interprets life through the eyes of eternity. Let's just park there for a minute. Interpreting life through wonder. Now today, it might seem like a light thing what we're doing, opening the Bible, but it's not a light thing. It says in Malachi 3, every time that we hear, think, or speak about Christ, it's written down in a book. Isn't that amazing? 316, it's amazing. So God puts a lot of value, and he wants us to interpret life not based on my good job, my good family, my good paycheck, or none of the above. Maybe none of those are accurate. But he wants us to go to a higher reality, the unseen reality, where there is glory and there is wonder. I don't know about you, when we fail, I'm always amazed at the opportunity for forgiveness, aren't you? You ever, you ever blown it and then, and then all of a sudden you're forgiven? Or you, or you go to God and there's forgiveness with him that he might be feared. And, and all of a sudden it's like, wow, God didn't reject me. God did not condemn me. God did not throw me away. And there's wonder in his love. There's wonder in his grace. And there's wonder in being able to stand in front of a mighty God. So wonder, interpret life through the eyes of eternity. How does God think about me? How does God think about you? How does God think about your spouse? How does God think about your trial? How does God think about your journey? How does God think uh, about lost souls? Why, why are we on the streets? Yesterday I heard it was an amazing day of caroling. I saw some great clips on Facebook. And um, who knows how many people were ministered to? It's un- it's. It's unquantifiable. You can't quantify it, right? There you are on the canal, and you're just singing. And I don't know, did you guys give out hot chocolate yesterday? Oh, see, that's awesome. See, it's like the, the power and spirit of God was declared in that place, right? And the, the, the Lord was glorified. 
What, what is God doing? Not what am I doing, what am I not doing, but what is God doing? What is God saying? What is God creating, right? And while we're enjoying the moment, never letting go of the momentary vision to exhaust the eternal, which means God is saying you can never exhaust or outgive or somehow diminish me. Isn't that good? Every day, God is not diminished. God is not tired with us. Isn't that good? God is not tired with you. You ever say that to God, like, Lord, here I am again. Like, here I am again. God's like, he celebrates that we come to him in whatever condition. The fact, like, as a father, we can say that we always love when our kids come to us, right? All right, let me, let me show you another side of this here. Let's turn to Acts chapter 10. Oh, actually, I had you turn to 1 Corinthians, didn't I? Let's look at 1 Corinthians 2 for a minute. So 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Now, we understand that without the Holy Spirit, we do not understand the things of God. Is that clear, right? We do not understand, right? Without being spirit-filled, without being in the spirit, things can be very natural. Things can be very uh, humdrum. They can be very much like religious, like I go to the church and check my box, and then I go home and I go on with my life, right? There's no wonder in that, right? There's no wonder in that. Actually, this, our spiritual life is that Christ would be connected to everything in our life. That's the Christian life. It, but the natural man, our sin, our naturalness is just like, okay, God, I gave you Sundays for a few hours, and the rest of the week I do what I want, right? And we understand that, but that's not the Christian life. The Christian life is so much more, isn't it? Where there's wonder in worship, there's wonder in prayer, there's wonder in opening our Bibles, there's wonder in raising our kids in the faith, there's wonder in walking with God moment by moment. Okay, let me show you this verse here. Um, I'm sorry, I think it was 2 Corinthians I wanted. Excuse me. Yeah, it's at 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Let's look at that with me there. All right. I didn't write this verse down. That's why I'm, that's why I'm hunting for it. Oh, I'm sorry, it is 1 Corinthians, excuse me. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually understood or discerned. So maybe you have people in your life that is kind of wondering about your life. Do you have people like that? Like maybe people in your life that are like, what are you all about? You're happy, or you go to church, or you talk about God. Like, there's something unseen about you that's deep, and they don't understand it. Anybody like that? Anybody have anybody in your life that just doesn't, doesn't get you? <laughs> I have a lot of people like that in my life. <laughs> and they, they wonder in the wrong sense. Like Psalm 71.7, David said, people look at my life, and they just wonder about me. And I don't even know if that's positive. Like, is that person okay, you know? But God says, my, my glory is being shared through your life. Now, let me show you this verse that will help us understand this a little better. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Let's turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. So, wonder. Now, 
When the Spirit of God is filling us, and when we're Spirit-filled in the sense of we are yielding to the Spirit, everything is new. Our relationships are new. The way we look at ourselves is new. Uh, what we have in our life is new. Imagine that. My job is a gift. The people in my life are a gift. Even my enemies a gift. How about that? My enemies teaching us, teaching me how to get to know God. Not that I want more enemies in my life, but that's just the facts, right? It's that everything in our life is a gift. Everything. Why? Because God's allowed it for his purposes. All right. So how you doing? You still with me? Second, Second Corinthians? Let's look at this. Second Corinthians chapter... Um, 3, verse 12. Look at this. This is such a great verse. Therefore, since we have such a hope, we use great boldness of speech. Unlike Moses who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing by, but their minds were blinded. For until this day, the same veil that remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament because the veil is taken away in Christ. But even to this day, when Moses read, a veil lies in their heart. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. You ever talk to somebody about the Lord, and it's like, it's like lights on, nobody home. It's like they, they're not getting it. What is it? Something is covering their eyes. Something is covering their ears. Something's covering their heart. But this is the key here. This is the key to wonder. When one turns to the Lord, the veil those things that are hidden, those things that have divided us away from the, the, the principles of God, they are taken away, right? That's a beautiful thing, isn't it? It was kind of like it was dark and dim, and all of a sudden the, the curtain is pulled back and you see things clearly. And this is what Paul goes on to say here. Now the Lord is a spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, right? Liberty, freedom, but not only freedom, but privilege to initiate what we've been given, this freedom. You know, we've heard this a thousand times, right? Hurt people hurt people. How many have heard that statement? Hurt people hurt people, right? Well, I heard the other side of that recently. Free people, free people. Isn't that good? So in our freedom, we reveal the freedom and the liberty of Christ, and people are just unshackled. I love that. All right, so, but we all with an unveiled face beholding in a mirror the glory of the Lord, and this is the second part of wonder, right? We turn to the Lord, and then we behold who he is. That's beautiful. Like in our worship today, Lord, open my eyes not to me, but to you. I want to look at my situation not in the obvious resistance or problems or challenges. I want to look at what you're looking at. I want to look at what you're, what you're doing, Lord. And I think that does not come naturally. I don't know about you. When you look at our world today, our world is upside down, right? And the, the reality is pretty discouraging in a lot of directions. But what's the unseen reality? God is in control. What is the unseen reality? God has given us authority and power in his name. What's the other unseen reality? God will do everything that he's promised. 
and that he wishes that none should perish but all come to the saving knowledge of Christ. What is God's reality? This is where I tap into wonder, right? I'm not just looking and reading my Bible to accumulate knowledge. No, you and I are reading and getting to know God so that we may have a deeper understanding of worship towards him. Isn't that a, isn't that a great way to live? That's why we're happy, not because things are going right, but because God is with us, Emmanuel. So we're content. Maybe contentment is a better word than happiness, right? Right? So we're with an, I love this, the, the simple, the, the unveiled face, unveiled. Like there's nothing blocking. There's nothing prohibiting. There, it's like an open faith. You ever had somebody be painfully honest with you? That can be good and bad, Right? <laughs> uh, I, I want to be positive here. So let's say honest in a good way, right? And then that honesty is so freeing, isn't it? It's so freeing. And it, it removes any gray areas. So beholding as in the mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as the Spirit of the Lord. So what are we looking at? Well, what are we thinking about? Maybe we are framing things in a way that steals our wonder. You know, the devil wants us to lose our amazement, just wants us to kind of drag through life and, and uh, how you doing? I'm hanging on. I'm ha barely hanging in there. You know, I don't want to live like that. Do you want to live like that? Do you want to live like that? Hello? Are you there? No, we don't want to live like that. So maybe we don't have much materially, and that's fine, but we have a thriving, rich spirit, amen? Who cares what we have? I mean, we want to have a roof over our head and a little bit of food, sure, but that's not our identity. Our wonder is God is with us. God is for us. God is hearing us. The creation is declaring the glory of God, and I recognize that. I recognize, you recognize, that God made everything that we're seeing and we're saying, thank you, Lord, in Revelations 4, that this is made for your pleasure. All right, let me show you an interesting story here. Acts 10. Acts 10. Turn with me. By the way, if you need a Bible, we'll get you a Bible. Just let us know. It's good to have a Bible on your phone or, in your, or physically. It's good. Acts 10. We got these screens here, too. That's, that's awesome, too. All right, Acts chapter 10. So Cornelius, think about Cornelius. Anybody know this story? Interesting story. Cornelius does something. I'm sorry, Peter does something here that's a little bit, um, uh, little bit real to life in this sense where we've all done this. Peter does something we've all done, okay? So... So in tradition, we understand that Jews are not supposed to eat uh, any beast or animal that is outside their tradition. And I want to read this because Jesus says here in 13, rise, Peter, kill and eat. And verse 14, and Peter said, Peter said, not so, Lord. You ever correct the Lord? You ever do that before? Like, I want you to go do this. No way, Lord. No, that, or... Uh, he, he, he shares a truth with you, and you're like, Lord, you're wrong, right? You're wrong. So that's, that's a great conversation there. 
For I have never eaten anything common or unclean. Like, can you see where Peter's mindset is? And it's understandable because he's, he's honoring, honoring the Jewish custom. But God rebukes Peter. He goes beyond religion. He goes beyond tradition. He goes beyond the natural. And he said, Peter, you are not seeing something that I am doing here. It's an unseen reality, and it's wonderful. Verse 15, and the voice spoke to him again, saying a second time, what God has cleansed, you must not call common. Isn't that interesting? So how do we lose our wonder? We call the things of God common. We get familiar with them. Ah, it's just another service. It's just another song. It's just another whatever. It's just another devotional. It's just another, oh, maybe in our, in our relationships. Oh, it's just that person. And, and what happens in relationships a lot is we freeze people in their sin. We freeze people in some sort of bad memory or some sort of common memory. And what happens when we freeze people, we stop receiving from them. We lose their wonder, right? It's amazing. Like for all us married people, right, it's a wonder that our, that our spouses are still with us. Isn't that amazing? That's wonderful, <laughs> right? And, but, if, but we can call it common. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just what you're supposed to do or it's just part of this religious regiment. But God has to really tweak Peter. He says, Peter... What I'm doing is not natural. It's wonderful. We being here today as a church is, is amazing. This body of Christ here is no small potatoes in the kingdom of God. Every person is super valuable. Every person has an incredible portion that when we don't show up, and there's obviously legitimate reasons for that, so don't, don't, don't go sideways on me here, but when I don't show up, we all lack and when we do show up, we all benefit, right? It's a beautiful thing. So this is why God is saying it's not just humdrum. It's not just life is normal. No, it is, a, it is, ex, is extraordinary things in an ordinary time. I just, I just feel like this season as we go into 2023, can you believe it? We're, in 20, we're going to be in 2023 in a few weeks. Isn't that crazy? What is God going to do in 2023, right? Something extraordinary in your life. And, and this church, obviously, we're seeing extraordinary things. This whole, this whole work here is a miracle, isn't it? How many believe this is a miracle, isn't it? It really is. It's really the hand of God. Um, but we're seeing a mystery. We're seeing something supernatural. So I love this. He corrects, he corrects uh, Peter here, and he says, Peter, you've got to take off the veil of tradition. You've got to take the veil off of your own understanding because you're limiting me. I, I don't want you to tell me what tradition says and what the Jewish law says, because God's like, I know the Jewish law. I'm telling you now, rise, kill, and eat. And that was a beautiful demonstration of it. Amen? All right, let's close with this. <clears throat> let's turn to Psalm 33. So wonder, cultivate wonder in your life. And maybe maybe there are dry seasons, maybe... And when I say wonder, I'm not saying we have to feel something, but we want to stand in a place of awe, like, Lord, you are God and I am not. Be still and know that I am God. And God wants to peel back the layers. You know, working 
construction, you, your hands get full of calluses, right? Your hands get super tough, almost so much that you, you, know, you can really handle hot things or you can be cut and really not feel it, right? This can happen in our Christian life. We can become calloused. We can become indifferent. We can become kind of like, hey, you know, it's just another day, right? No, no. We want to stand in awe and say, Lord, open my eyes. Open my art, heart. Open my mind. So let's read this Psalm 33. Psalm chapter 33 here. And we want to look at verse 8. So this is my prayer in 2023. Because when we're, when we're in a place of like, okay, Lord, I want to learn it again. I want to hear it again. I want to rejoice in it again, right? It just becomes so much more alive. We become alive to God and dead to sin. How's that happen? Wonder. The things of God are more attractive to me than the world, right? The things of God are more attractive to me than wasting my time or wasting our time with things that don't have an eternal value, right? It, it's like time's, time is late, time is short. And what a, what a great opportunity to be busy for God, amen? Yeah. All right. 33.8, it says, Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. Is that happening today? It's not. It's not. <laughs> uh, we are. You are, by the grace of God. And your wonder is contagious, Right? Like, you, you fear the burning stove, right? Like, when the pot is hot. We f have a healthy fear to that, right? If we touch it, we're going to get burned. Um, we Maybe a weapon. We hold the firearm with, with training and reverence. Uh, of course, we don't, we're not foolish with it. It's the same principle here. He says, he says in verse uh, 8, he says, uh, let, let the world stand in awe of him. Well, I can't control my neighbor, but I can control myself and say, Lord, I want to stand in awe of you. I want you to please every day open my eyes to unseen realities. Help us to look beyond the obvious and see the extraordinary. The extraordinary. God, what are you doing in that person's life? What are you doing in this point in time? What is your will unfolding in this person's life, in our lives? For he spoke, and it was done. He commanded it, and it stood fast. That's amazing, right? It's a, you, look, you look at creation. You look at uh, even another human being. It is shocking. We are all testifying of the wonder and glory of God. But life has a way of putting things on, over our eyes, doesn't it? Stress, fear, anxiety, worry, trouble. Uh, doubt, unbelief, these are all veils. Like, boom. All of a sudden, we're like, we're like zombies kind of walking around, and we can't see anything, right? can't hear anything. And what is God saying? I want to peel back those layers. I want you to turn to me, behold me, worship me, be quiet before me, uh, worship by faith, come by faith, connect by faith. Don't let your feelings hijack us from wonder, right? Wonder. It's like, Lord, it's like, I'm amazed by you. I'm amazed. I mean, think about it. We are sinners in the presence of a holy God. And, and in 8.13 of Hebrews, God does not look at our sin. That's amazing. That is amazing. 
I should, if God was to count iniquities, we would be vaporized. But God says, I don't look at you in your sin. I don't deal with you according to your sin. I deal with you according to my son. That is wonderful, right? And this is, and these veils start coming off. The doubt leaves, the fear leaves, the anxiety leaves. And, 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 and maybe, you know, it's like Lazarus. What happened to Lazarus when he got ra- uh, risen up from the tomb? What was the first thing that they said to Lazarus? Jesus said what? was the first thing he said to Lazarus? Come forth. And then what happened? What what, what, what did Jesus tell the men to do? Yes, remove the grave clothes. Remove the bandages. This is what happens when we come to church. This is what happens when we open our Bible. This is what happens when we have a spiritual conversation with a brother or sister. The veil comes off and we see the glory of God. And we see the glory and the faithfulness of God. We see the heavenly realities. I have not seen nor ear heard nor has it entered into the heart of man those things which God has prepared for them that love him. So we have a, we have a tremendous amount of hope, amen? What, what catches your amazement today? Does Ravens football catch? Does the Yankees, New York Yankees? <laughs> we love the Yankees, Rich. <laughs> By faith, no. <laughs> what's, what's catching our amazement today? What's catching our amazement? You know, I was talking with my wife, and, and she, she often inspires me with some great thoughts or messages, and, and we were talking about fear. And sometimes we hold on to our fear because that's all that we know. And also, we're comfortable with our fear, Right? That's like a twisted understanding of it, but it's true. But you know what we can do? We can say, God, I trade in my fear because I want to I behold your faithfulness. I want to behold your goodness. I want to behold your love, your grace, your, your peace. And what happens? What happens? Fear, unbelief, doubt, trust is restored. All these other things are removed. And you know what happens? We begin to get excited about our faith again. We begin to become like a little child. We begin to not just look at the obvious and be critical, but we can say, okay, Lord, we're looking behind into the unseen reality. What are you doing? What are you thinking? What's touching your heart right now? What is it that is revealing heaven? Amen. So, Father, thank you today for these thoughts. And, Lord, as little children... We uh, want to be amazed again. Uh, we want to just have our structures blown in, in a fresh way to see your greatness. We don't want to serve a small God in our, in our spirit. We, wanna just, uh, we don't want to limit you. We want to just say, Lord, you are good. You are, you are God. And we just pray today as we look forward into the Christmas season here, into the new year, that you would... Um, light us up again to who you are in us and as the psalmist prayed open our eyes again open our ears again open our heart again open our mind again and those things that cover the light in our life we just cast them to you lord we cast our fears our anxieties our doubts we cast them uh, knowing that um, you can be trusted. You can, you are faithful. So we bless your name in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.